0: everyone and welcome back to the icing on top with Savannah. I know it's been a little bit over a week and I just wanted to go ahead and get another episode out to you. I know that I promised that I would talk about who Savannah is and that is what I'm going to do on this episode right here. So this is going to be part one because this 28 year old story is a mess, honestly, and it'll take some time to get through and I probably will jump from point to point, although I will try not to do that. However, when we get into it, you will kind of understand why I jump from point to point and you will also understand that part of the reason that I do that is because I kind of forget things. (laughs) Um, Trauma response, hello, um, that is part of it. So not that everything was bad, um, not that everything was great either though, and I think that honestly, what I'm learning about processing a lot of my childhood is that people did the best, um, that they could with what they had. And I think that that shows, um, the beauty in the struggle. Now, whether my parents recollect any of these events as, you know, traumatizing to me or traumatizing to them, or maybe just a way, um, you know, in daily life, like, Hey, I worked three jobs so I could provide, you know, you know, anything. It could be anything. Um, Again, my goal is not to embarrass anyone. And obviously, if you feel like you not necessarily need to make your side of the story heard, but if you want to, you know, get your side of the story out there, I'm just going to kind of present everything from my point of view. And talk about, you know, things that have kind of shaped me and all of the stuff that I've kind of been through. Because nobody has, like, a walk in the park type of life, do they? Because if they do, I envy you. (laughs) I really do truly envy you. And um, this episode should probably come with a trigger warning. And I probably should just honestly put a trigger warning on all of my episodes. However, I don't really know that a trigger warning is the right verbiage. Um... Like I said, you know, I hope that you listen to this and I hope that you resonate with something in my podcast. Now, I hope it's not like a trauma bond or, you know, something that's absolutely terrible that happened to you. But, you know, I do want you all to listen and think about, wow, like that's happened to me or this or that. So here's your trigger warning. If you don't want to hear about um, growing up with divorced parents or part of any of my life story. Just don't listen. Just turn it off and go to the next one. Um yeah. So also side note shout out to whoever made the holiday pies tonight at North Manchester McDonalds because it was like gooey and perfect. It was the first one I've had this season and no, I didn't need it. However, I have been really dealing with some heavy shit still this week and processing a lot and taking all of life and every buddy involves life um, into consideration when it comes to some pretty life-changing events possibly. So it's just been a lot the last couple of weeks. So I am so excited to see 2023. (laughs) So I will go ahead and uh, just kind of jump right in. So I was born um, December 26th. 1993. I almost said 2022. That's embarrassing. Um the day after Christmas and I always always for the rest of my life will give my mom hell about that. And I say, "Oh yeah, great. Like thanks Stephanie." And she's like, "I really could like control when I was going to go into labor. So my due date wasn't actually until January 3rd." And yeah, my mom went into labor the day after Christmas and I was born like later that night, I think actually maybe like around six or 8 PM. And, um, at the time my parents were together. Uh, my dad's name is Shane. Um, his actual name is Shenandoah, which is why I kind of just laughed because he's always gone by Shane. Um, so I also jokingly, this is where I kind of jump from, you know, point to point. Um, so whenever I get parted, like around the holidays, or anytime, really, like people will be like, "Ugh, the day after Christmas, like, I bet that's freaking terrible. And I feel like part of divorced kid humor, or like, coping with everything is my way of doing that is humor. And some people relate to that. So I, of course, being the absolutely terrible person that I am, that's not true. I'm not terrible. I just, sometimes I don't think people think that like, yeah, hey, great. Thanks. I've had to live with The day after Christmas is my birthday forever, but there are also really other terrible days of the year too. Um, So I always jokingly say, you know what? Like, yeah, it, it has kind of sucked, but you know, I always had divorced parents, so I always got twice the presents. And usually they look at me and they're like, what on earth, like mortified. Like their face instantly is like stone cold Steve Austin. I think that's who it is anyways. They're like jaw drops and they're like, oh my God, did she just say that? Like, I can't believe she just said that. She's not kidding. And I'm always like, like, if you don't laugh about it, you'll cry about it. Right. So I usually, like I said, use that to kind of just like break the ice. Like, but I will say having a birthday the day after Christmas, like don't wrap my freaking birthday present in Christmas paper. Like, because when your birthday is in May or in July, guess what? I'm going to break out the fucking Christmas wrapping paper. I'm going to put a big old fucking red and green bow on that shit and hand it to you and be like, oh, you don't love it? Like, no, I don't love it. Like, yes, I appreciate the gift. However, can you not take the time to wrap it in something other than Christmas wrapping paper? Like, I understand it's the next day. However, I put a little bit more effort into your gift than that. And I just feel like if I give some thought to something I do for you, that should be reciprocated onto me. So my parents were together when I was married. Like I said, um, also side note, um, what were together, not married. They were not married yet. I don't even know if I just said that right. Oh, hello. Let me start over. Um, so, They told my parents that I was going to be a boy. So in my... One of the things that I love about this podcast is like... I also love it, but I hate it. There's no like... Oh, you can't see me recording right now. Which is probably a good thing because... Train wreck station. But... My... um, They told my parents I was going to be a boy. And so in my hospital picture... Like, so, you know, they used to take like the picture on like the tie-dye... Like fleece blanket, right? So in my hospital picture when I was born, first of all, I was bald. Like I had no hair, which if you saw me now, you wouldn't even believe that. But I had no hair until I was like almost two, which Conrad of course took after me with that. Conrad is my little boy, which eventually I'll get to that. But, um, I was in a freaking dinosaur sleeper. Like, so I was supposed to be a boy, but I came out a girl, like. Hey guys, don't have a penis, actually have a vagina, good joke. Um, But you still put me in the dinosaur sleeper and the blue and white striped snowsuit, really cute. Um, And then you know what, my mom like just must have kept going on with like the terrible outfit decisions. Like she says they were popular then, but I just don't really know that I believe her. Like... The boppy socks, is that what they're called? The boppy socks that like fold over and like are frilly. Like what, Stephanie, are you freaking kidding me right now? Like not cute, not, not cute at all. So, um, like I said, my parents were together when I was born, but they were not married. So they got married after I was born probably like 1995 ish. So I don't remember that obviously, Um, But I was at their wedding (laughs) because I've seen wedding pictures since then. Um, And then they divorced like around the time I was probably like two and a half, maybe two, two and a half. They weren't together. They weren't married very long. Um, And then like if you, I've asked them obviously like what happened or like, you know, it'll come up in conversation. And like each of them has different stories and I'm not going to, like, try to debate that right now because it's not worth it, my sanity or theirs, and it's not about, you know, why they split up. But the, the main thing is that they did split up. Um, like I said, they have a different recollection of some events, um, but I won't cause any arguments on that. Um, my dad did stay local, um, so my mom, like, I understand why they each have different There's, I always say like, there's your side, my side and the truth. And the only way that anybody will ever truly know what happened is if they were there. Um, Because even though it was a situation that happened to two people and both those two people are there, each of those two people have one different emotions, different feelings, different histories, different backgrounds. Um, But then they're also going to just like pick and choose what they want to remember or what they don't want to remember, because some of that shit is really hard to process. And I also understand like how you want to block that stuff out because that's a trauma response. Like you forget things like almost like your, um, short-term memory or just long-term memory, I guess in that situation, but you just like block it out. Like trauma, healing trauma response, like shut everything you shut down. Like you just are trying to get through day to day and not try to deal with any of the excess of the outside world. So my mom went on to remarry, um, in 1998 to my current stepdad, Nate. Um, so they've been married 20, my little brother, he's my first little brother. He's not actually my little brother. Cause he's taller than me. Um, and he's not little anymore. Um, but Skylar was born in 1998 too. So they are, t- he turned 24 this year, I think. Yeah, that sounds right. Um, and then my dad, there may have or may not have been some like overlap in some dates and his, you know, moving on in the next relationship, but we won't debate that either because, again, not part of the story, <laughs> uh, but he was in a long-term relationship with who I still refer to as my stepmom to this day, um, Valerie, and my mom um, continued on to have five more children after me, so I am the oldest of six on my mom's side. There's four boys and one girl and they, all of my siblings have S names. So I'm Savannah. There's Skylar, Sawyer, Slayden, Seda and Sutton. And so I've kind of like gone through this and I'm like, Oh my God, like what are people thinking? And I always tell my patients at work, like I'll be like, you know what? If you have like two kids, like you can do the same letter, I guess it's kind of cute. But like, if there's any more than that, don't continue on with the same letter. Like... So my I was Savannah, obviously, and then my mom was Stephanie, and my dad was Shane, and my grandparents were actually Steve and Cheryl, both with S names, and my mom's brother's name is Shannon, so it was just like a plethora of S's, and it still continues on to be. Um, I frequently, still to this day, will get like mixed up, and will go through all of the other names before I get to the actual right one. Um, And I tell people that at work too. So if you choose to have that many children, just please be nice. And like, could you pick something other than S names or something, but whatever. My mom was like gung ho about it, crazy about S names. And that's how that came to be, I guess. Uh, My dad eventually did marry Valerie. there were multiple or a couple, I guess I should say, proposal attempts and eventually they did get married. Um, but they did divorce shortly after as well. Uh, I remember I was about like 10 or 11 when they told me, I remember them sitting me down on the couch because, you know, they lived, um, in a nearby town, South Whitley. And then eventually they did, um, redo her grandparents' house here in North Manchester. And that's where they lived. So, for you know a good chunk of time I had my dad really close to me um not super far at all I remember um I was probably nine I think and I my dad worked a lot um always always worked a lot so I remember there were weekends when I you know would spend all my weekend with Valerie um like during the day. I mean, I'm not saying he wasn't home at night, but there were some nights where he was, you know, gone late. He worked, um, in maintenance in a foundry. Um, and so if you've ever smelled like the smell of a foundry, just like that, it's, this is absolutely like grossly disgusting, but I feel like I can say that because I'm a nurse, but like, it smells like fish. Like you'll you I would hear people say like here in town, like when the foundry was still open, like like dirty old lady crotch, like that is nasty one, but you know, the black, like foundry soot, like I remember the back door opening and like hearing him step in the door, but like before I even knew that he had stepped in the door, like I just smelled that smell and it is horrendous. It is a terrible smell, but like to me to this day, like that was the smell that my dad was home. Um, and I still love that smell to this day. And that's crazy because it's so nasty. Um, but there were, like, also lots of, you know, really good memories with my dad and Valerie. And we traveled a lot. Um, they were the type of people that would just, like, pick up and go, um, like, on a Friday night. And I don't know. I just, like, that truly, I remember my dad being happy. Um we were happy and i was happy and it just was good life was good and you know like i said they you know split up when i was 10 or 11 and so i remember that um i remember them sitting down to tell me and i was like my dad was like so do you want to stay here or this weekend or do you want to go you know down to richmond because he had taken a new job in richmond and you know, come to find out now, like years later, you know, we'll be like, oh, well, that's because he was dating, you know, somebody, and he, but he would like, he like asked me one time, and I was like, oh, yeah, I probably want to go down to Richmond because his girlfriend at the time, you know, was fun. She was young, and I don't know, it was just fun to be around. So, there also were, you know, I remember like rock candy with my dad when they lived in South Whitley. There was an old, like I think it was brick, maybe it was YA I always get it confused, but. I remember they brought me back rock candy from one of the trips that they had taken when I wasn't with them, like every other weekend, you know, and just like rock candy up in a mug on top of the, um, microwave. And he taught me how to ride my bike, um, in the parking lot of the apartment complex that we lived in, in South Willie and you know, there were also times where, you know, he did work a lot. So I remember one time I was like four or five and I remember standing at the door, the screen door or whatever, because the, the other door was open. But I remember like standing there waiting on him on a Friday night, like with my Barbies in hand and my bag. And like, I remember just like waiting on him and that's absolutely terrible and sad, but like I, that comes into play later, um, in my story. So I will refer back to that. So Um, at this time, so 10 or 11, he was in the process of like moving from where I'd grown up at, um, and lived with my mom, um, to Richmond, Indiana or West Manchester, Ohio. And that's, he started dating, you know, another girl there. He had met her, um, through her mom. He worked with her mom at, at the foundry there that he worked at. And I remember her mom, I still am friends with. Most of her family, or some of her family, on Facebook because that's what happens. You know, you get interconnected with all of these people throughout your life. And especially when you're a product of divorce, you know, you pick up different things from different people throughout your whole entire life. And I remember she would always say, like, you know, that, like, I think it's Travis Tritt that um, I may be a real bad boy, but maybe I'm a real good man, or whatever that song. Like, I remember her talking about how she. Was like, oh, I just would see your dad walk through the plant. And I would just think of that song like he was just trouble. But he was such a good guy. And it just cracked me up. Because she actually, like, wanted to introduce her daughter, her older daughter, to my dad. And, of course, my dad went for the younger daughter. But regardless, um, that woman ended up being the mother of my younger brother on my dad's side. So... That was fast forward a few years, obviously. Um, Caden was born in 2005, 2006, sorry. Um, He just turned 16 this year. Yeah. Um, And so I remember they moved to um, Indy. Or my dad moved to Indy because Jamie and my dad had, her name is Jamie. Um, my My dad and Jamie had split up. And they were like random, like, I don't, I just remember their relationship being really volatile. Like I went from, you know, him being really happy with Valerie and I'm not saying everything was hunky Dory and rainbows and roses because no relationship is, but I remember they were just like file fire and, um, oil. Like they did not mix at all. Um, and that was, you know, what I was observing, you know, at 11 and 12 and 13 and, I remember we went to Lake Cumberland one time and my dad was driving. He had like a tan Dodge Ram. And I remember they got into it about something. I don't even know what it was probably totally irrelevant, but they got into it and they were on the way we were on the way home or on the way there or something like that. And my dad straight up punched the dash basically out of his truck. Um, his knuckles were like bleeding it was just terrible. And there was another instance when we had gone on vacation in Florida to her sister's house and I remember my dad and I just like straight up picked up and left. Like I don't they got into an argument and we got in the little red Cavalier, I think is actually what we drove there. And he was like, "I promise you you will never have to see Jamie again." And at that point, I think he had moved. That's when he had moved or was about to move to Indy. Um and he stayed at my grandparents' house, but Before that, I remember one of the arguments was, it was like Christmas Eve or something, because I have the birthday card that my dad um, wrote to me. And it was like something like, there's nobody else I'd rather spend, you know, sorry, it's been a crappy thing or Christmas, but like, there's nobody else I'd rather spend my Christmas with or something like that. And I still have it. Um, The birthday card and the Christmas card actually are both pretty similar. But I remember she like had, she was young, obviously she was younger, Um, but he, she had gone out like the like Christmas Eve or like the night before Thanksgiving it was like something around a holiday but she had gone out and he like I don't know he just kind of can have a bad temper which everybody can but he like picked up this bottle of like it was like white like the coconut suave conditioner and like straight up chucked it at the wall when she was like walking by and, like, now we can laugh about it because I'm like, oh, my God, the freaking conditioner. But, like, it nothing was safe. Like, anything that was in within arm's reach could have possibly been thrown at any given time. So, yeah, I think that's pretty much that wraps up that conversation. So, he had moved to Indy, and then him and Jamie ended up getting back together. And he then moved to Mishawaka. So, I'm sure I'll get into that in just a little bit. So, Let's go ahead and talk about like maybe a little bit with like my mom and my stepdad. So I never really had like a super great relationship with my stepdad and not that I hated him, but I mean, they're definitely, you know, when you're growing up, you just kind of feel like they don't know anything. Like nobody knows anything. They're just kind of trying to tell me what to do with my life, which is absolutely crazy. And of course, when you become an adult, you like turn back to your parents and you're like, oh my God, you knew so much. I'm so sorry. So... I think I probably struggled to find a good or healthy relationship balance with my stepdad because he, um, was always made to be like the enforcer of the rules. And he was the one that carried out the punishment. And this is another time when I think that you have to take into consideration how people were raised. So like if they weren't raised in a super loving home, they're probably not going to be overly loving and I'm not saying, yeah, he beat me. No, that's not what I'm saying at all. But like if you don't grow up in a house where you hear, I love you frequently or you know, your family isn't super affectionate and those aren't things that I love or like absolutely have to have. But like, I'm just saying like now I understand a little bit more of like why he was the way he was or now I understand like why I'm so fucked up in the head and like why I am the way I am. I don't understand it completely, but I understand parts of it. And life is you know a revolving circle and you should be a continual you know work in progress it's never done your work is never done so my mom you know if i was sassy or if i was bad she would say oh i will tell nate and I also know that I wasn't super easy to deal with, like I said. So I remember once I was like 13-ish and he always worked second. So he got home around midnight and I don't remember the exact like reason that my mom and I had got into it, but I mean, it could have been anything. I mean, maybe I slammed the door to the stairs. We had the stairway that, you know, had had a door that closed at the bottom of the stairs on the first step or the first story. And I remember slamming that and calling her a bitch and storming upstairs. Just like, I was not a very nice child and I was rebellious and you know, you're invincible and nothing ever happens to you. Like that is absolutely not true. That is the most piece of, that's the crappiest thing I've ever heard in my life because it will happen and it will happen. That's just, that's the truth in it. It will happen. (laughs) Um, So he, um, He came in, um, I remember he, you know, came upstairs and I'm, I think I was how? I think I was asleep. Maybe I was almost asleep or something, but he came upstairs and he woke me up by flipping the light on and he like instantly started yelling. And I don't even remember what it was about. Like I said, but just instantly started yelling. He was like, how do you like it? You know, blah, 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 blah. And he's a yeller. Like that's how he gets his point across, which is probably also how I picked up. Like I am very quick to yell. Um, especially like in dealing with situations that are like overstimulating And lately I've read that's because, you know, if you're used to growing up and if you grew up in chaos, like you will continue, you know, to bring chaos into your life or create chaos. And my life is so freaking chaotic. So that makes sense. But, um, or just like, you know, when I'm not being heard, like I, I do yell like, because I one, don't want to repeat myself. And two, I want to be heard. And if I have to repeat it too many times, I yell. And so I'm working on that. Like I said, work in progress, constantly work on it. Right. Um, so, our house was always chaotic. I mean, when you have that many kids, it's always freaking chaotic. So, he... I forget, like I said, what it was about. But he eventually... Like, there was a... Not a vanity. But there was a dresser that had a mirror on top of it. And, um, like, it was connected. And that's where, like, I kept, like, all my jewelry. Like, all my, like, piddly little shit. Like, body spray. Or who knows? Whatever it was. But that's right, in And, like, my little jewelry box. And, like, that's where I kept all of that stuff. And so, he... He eventually just, like, straight up, like, swiped all the, like, all the, everything that was on top of it, like, onto the ground. And, like, I remember, not even really on the ground, because there was a drawer that was open, like, the middle drawer. So, of course, I'm, like, half asleep, and I remember muttering and just, like, looking at him, like, straight in the face, dead-ass serious. And I'm, like, "Uh, are you going to pick that up? I would have never gotten away with, you know reacting in that sort of way and out like lashing out or having an outburst like that and not having to, you know, pick up the mess of what I had made or what I had done. Um, and so he didn't like, he just walked out and like flipped the light back off. And I was like, what in the hell? Like, you know, I was like 13 and I remember thinking like, okay, whatever. Like I was just like irritated and I'm sure I made him mad by asking that, like, cause I probably, you know, didn't react in the way that he was expecting or not even really wanting. It's not like he was trying to provoke something out of me, but like, I think he wanted me to get mad at him. Like I had gotten mad at my mom a lot. So I, you know, think back on that and I'm like, well, did I react how he wanted me to? Probably not. Cause I asked him if he was going to pick it up. Uh, I didn't care though. Like I was dead serious and I'm pretty sure I left it sit there until my mom picked it up actually. So Shout out to my mom for picking me up, picking all that up for me. (laughs) Uh, Even though I'm not the one that made the mess, but regardless. So, um, I really, when I was writing this, I was like, man, I don't remember like a lot of my childhood. Like that's really sad. I don't remember a lot like before, probably like seven or eight. I remember like bits and pieces. So I remember, you know, like going to my dad's or like one time I remember my mom having to drive me or my dad having to drive me back like in the middle of the night to my mom's house because I wanted to go home and I remember we lived on a dead end road and there was a lilac bush out back of our bathroom window and I remember, you know, leaving the windows open and so we could smell the lilac bush Um, before they had moved the bathroom over to that spot in that house. We lived in a rental. My parents have always rented growing up. Um, that was just the, I don't know, our norm, I guess. But anyways, so I remember before they moved the bathroom over to that spot in the house, there was, the bathroom was like in the kitchen. It was just really an odd place for that bathroom to be. But anyways, it was like in the kitchen and it, Obviously, had like a separate doorway. Hello, it was like a bathroom, but anyways, that sounded really weird. So, the bathtub and the bath and the toilet were blue like baby blue, like a pastel y blue, like from straight from the 70s or 80s. Like, when you know, you had like a green toilet or a pink toilet, like you know, I don't know what the thing was about that. I never want a blue toilet or a pink toilet or a green toilet for future reference, if in case anybody wants to know. Um, but I remember my mom would cut my toenails on, she would sit on the toilet and like the bathtub was right beside it. Like, so if you were sitting on the toilet to your right would be the bathtub. Um, Like the drain would be like right by the toilet, right by where you were sitting on the toilet at. So it was like that directional. So like I would sit on, the side of the bathtub, and I would put my toe, my feet on her lap. And I remember, we lived all in the country, so, like, it wasn't uncommon to, like, have a mouse run through. Like, I mean, I'm not, like, we did not grow up in filth. We did not, like, it was not dirty or anything like that. It was just, you know, part of living in the country, unfortunately, around harvest time. And it must have been around harvest time. And so my feet were in her lap, and I remember that a mouse, like, ran through. And, like, if I... If you know me, I hate mice. Like I am up on top of the highest point in the room screaming, even though I know that is not effective and does not help get rid of the mouse. But like my mom is the same way. She's like, ah, Ah, there's a mouse. like just losing her ever loving mind. And like, thank God she didn't have my freaking toenail like by the clippers at that point because I probably wouldn't have a freaking toe anymore but like i remember things like that and i remember i don't know just like little bits of my childhood but i don't remember a lot of it so that's honestly what you know led me to pursuing any type of therapy as an adult um so i'm going to get back to like the main not the main part but like a- another part of my childhood growing up um So, you know, my parents... Okay, maybe not. Maybe I'm going to take another avenue really fast. So, um, I always say, like, my parents divorced, you know, before I was, like, I was around two, like, two and a half. Like, I don't remember my parents together, which is really sad. Like, that is really sad when I sit and think about it. But I'm also, like, so, so thankful for... them whether it was joint effort single effort on one side or the other I'm not like I said trying to debate any of that but like I am so thankful that they did not like try to continue on and just stay together for me because I feel like ultimately in the end that would have been more traumatic um I'll get to a point in my story where I dated a guy in high school and his parents were really just waiting for the last child to graduate and I remember thinking how sad that was and it is sad like your kids pick up on that your kids pick up when your parents when their parents aren't happy and unfortunately I think a lot of the times the kids are the ones that suffers the kids are the ones that suffer because the parents in a way kind of like take it out on their children unintentionally of course but like it's sad you know, because I don't have any memories of my parents together, but at the same time, I also don't have any happy memories of my parents together. Like I don't have any bad, I don't have any good, but like I never growing up, like I never really wanted my parents to get back together. Like it just wasn't an option and I didn't have any good memories of them together. So like, it's not like I was ever missing any of that. And, um, shout out to my hairdresser cause I love her. Um, but we've talked a lot about, you know, her parents, Divorce when she was like just graduated high school or was in the process of graduating high school. And, you know, I think she struggles a lot with that. And, you know, that's where like trauma bonds like we bond over that, but we also, you know, frequently talk about that. Like our parents are how we learn to parent or how we were modeled to parent. And maybe we want to be like the furthest thing from that. And I guess my point in this little excerpt right here is that I never really did wish that my parents got back together. You know, everybody says, oh, when you have divorced parents, you always wish your parents got back together. You know, I really never did. I never felt that like, oh, I want my parents to get back together because my life would be so great. No, like I kind of knew that like my parents would not be good together. Not that they didn't have happy and great times because, you know, now I've seen pictures and that makes my heart so happy. You know, that there are pictures that I do have, but, um, I am glad to know that there were happy times, but I am glad that I also never witnessed any of those because I feel like that would be a lot harder for a child to remember their parents being happy together. And then all of a sudden, you know, why are they not happy together? Like what happened? Like that's a lot for a kid to carry and it's not the kid's responsibility to carry that. So I'm going to pause, go grab a water and I will come back and kind of talk about um, my dad. So I'll be right back. Okay, so I know I'm kind of jumping around all over the place when it comes to this podcast or, you know, this episode specifically, but it is because there are a lot of things that come up that I'm like, oh yeah, crap, like don't forget to tell them that. Um, So I kind of just wanted to give a little shout out to my dad right now. Um, He has just like randomly been texting me and he's like, Oh, when's my next podcast episode? Or I'll text him and I'll be like, You want to know like the latest like on my podcast, like before it's ever released? And he's like, Oh, yeah, let me know the deets, like give me all the details on it. So, um, as much as I am like, Oh, maybe he shouldn't be like following my podcast as closely as he is, but I am glad that he is taking the time to listen and maybe self reflect. But um, I just kind of want to give a shout out to him like for being a big supporter or motivator and I know that for him talking about faults or talking about his life story has not always been welcomed or accepted or believed believed maybe I want to point that out um and that's not fair I feel like when you talk about uncomfortable things in a safe space they no longer become uncomfortable or shameful because everybody interprets things differently and you are allowed to feel however you need to about a situation. So with that being said, I, always really loved my dad like that was my time where I you know got to go be with my dad one-on-one um or you know with Valerie like we were all we were always it was always just the three of us I you know I I got to do whatever I wanted it's not like I mean like I remember going to Walmart like whenever we would go you know get groceries or go run here or there like I swear to you I probably got a new Polly Pocket every time I went now like when I went from, you know, my mom's house where I had five younger siblings or, you know, not at the time I didn't have five, but growing a growing family, like that was unheard of. Like there were times when I would ask my mom for something at the grocery store and she'd be like, no, I don't, we don't have the money for it this week. And like, that's just how it was. Like, that's not shameful on my mom. Like I commend my mom because she has the patience of a saint and she is a literal angel. But you know, when you have more than one child, you can't, Or you couldn't now probably again in today's world because inflation, but you couldn't, you know, afford to give them everything that they wanted. And it's not even that they needed it, but like you just felt guilty because you would be like, I have to buy bread and eggs this week. Like I can't afford that. And that's fine. But I also just got to spend time with them. Um, I was the only kid there. You know, I didn't have to share my toys. I could play Sims on the computer or Roller Coaster tycoon and pre- play Frogger on, you know, the Nintendo 64 or <clears throat> whatever. Just, it, it was about me. It was my time with my dad and I, I thoroughly enjoyed that. So, uh, we were really close and, you know, I, I still to this day love him with all my heart. Um, and I always will. Um, I wanted to just put a little excerpt in here that, I wouldn't have gotten that tattoo for just anyone. Trust me. Um, Because I just recently got a tattoo. um, And it's how he has always signed my birthday cards. Or, you know, any card, really. Um, One of the things that my dad always did was he always... um, Sorry, this isn't even, like, on my timeline to talk about. But I feel like it just, like, hit me to talk about it. So, he always would send me um, Valentine's Day flowers to school. And usually there was, like, a stuffed animal or something with that. But, like, I remember, I'll get to that point talking about this, but we, you know, kind of had a falling out or, um, as a teenager, you know, <laughs> rebellious or, you know, rambunctious and not wanting to be told what to do or anything or just being stubborn. Um, And that is, number one, one of my traits. But, um he always would send me flowers on Valentine's Day to school. And I remember my senior year was the only year that he didn't do that. And that probably, I don't want to say broke my heart, but that did really hurt. Um, and I don't, maybe it's just that he got busy or maybe he just forgot, but, um, (laughs) the past couple of years he has sent me flowers on Valentine's Day and Like, nothing, absolutely nothing makes my heart happier than getting those flowers. Um, It's just kind of, like, our thing. Like, for everybody that thinks that Valentine's Day is just, like, a stupid Hallmark holiday, like, it's not. Not for everybody. Um, But he would always, you know, sign the the, um, Valentine's Day card with the flowers. Like, you know, love you, little girl. Um, And he still does. This day so side note dad <laughs> that was always like one of my really favorite things and so one thing that I've tried to do is you know like Conrad and I celebrate that like that's our you know just our little holiday I just wanted to carry that tradition on from my dad because whether it's a random Tuesday or whether it's Valentine's Day like people still like being loved and that's okay <laughs> it's okay to like to be loved Um, who, let me get myself together here. Okay. So, um, but really, um, I think as a kid of divorce, like I remember like when I would be not necessarily arguing with my dad, but there were days that, you know, I didn't talk to my dad always, but I remember like, I just didn't really understand. And sometimes I still don't understand, but I remember, um, as a little girl wondering like why my dad wasn't around much, uh, especially during the week. Like, why did I have to wait until every other weekend to see my dad when my siblings were around their dad all the time? Uh, he did of course work a lot and always loved his women that he was with. Uh, it's a fault, I guess I should say, but also a really great thing. So I think now looking back, um, him moving to Richmond for work was probably the best decision for him at the time, but that maybe he overlooked how it would affect our relationship. Um, after my dad moved to Richmond, he hasn't lived closer than a 90 minute drive from me. So he moved to Richmond and then when they split up, he moved to Indy and then from Indy, he eventually moved to Mishawaka and got back with Jamie, Caden's mom. And, that's where Caden, Caden was born in Mishawaka. And, um, he was born a little bit premature actually. And so I remember when he was in the NICU that my mom let me miss school. And I was like, Oh yeah, I want to go to school to do this. Like, this is what I want to do. I want to be a neonatologist. And everybody would be like, what the hell is a neonatologist? But that's kind of where, like, I got my first glimpse into, you know, the medical field. And I thought, yeah, like, this is what I want to do. Like, I want to take care of these sick babies. Like, all of the nurses up there were amazing. Um, I, if I knew specifically which hospital it was, I would shout them out, but I don't. Um, but I, you know, have a lot of memories with my dad, um, of time spent in the drug driving. So, back to Savannah as a little girl, um, into a teenager. I think I blame myself a lot when my dad wouldn't be around for stuff. Like, I think I tried to explain this to him, you know, just a couple months ago, I said, you know, as a kid, like, I feel like we carry the weight of our parents. Like what, Oh, what did I do to cause that? Or, Oh, what, what did I do? And I think that, I think you just do it subconsciously. Like, cause I feel like even now, like there'll be times where I'm like, what did I do to piss my mom off or what did I do to piss my dad off? You know, like when they're mad at me, like, or when they not mad at me, I shouldn't say that when they like respond in a certain way. And I'm like, what the hell did I do? Like, I didn't do anything. But like, I think as a child, when our brains are developing, like I think that we are so engaged in wanting to make our parents happy or wanting to please our parents. And so when something is awry or something doesn't go the way that maybe they wanted it to. I think it's normal as kids to question, like, what did I do? Like, what did I possibly do to make them upset? Like, what happened? Um, so. Now it seems crazy, but that's like why I feel like I tend to try to people please and like all aspects of my life, not just one. So whether that's trying to rush on a business order or trying to make sure, you know, I do this or that or get everything done in one day, like it's just, it's a lot. And maybe that's also part of why I became a nurse, like what the hell? Uh But I do like to know that, you know, my patients are taken care of and my patients are happy and you know, nothing makes me happier than when I come back in and like my name's been wrote on like a pink survey card because like, I know that I touched their experience because I also had a really great experience when I was delivering my little boy. And so that's, I, I want to, um, I want to give that to my patients. So I feel like people pleaser check mark. Yes, that's probably me. Um, but I remember that, um, when I was little, I would bring home my report card and him, he would be like, oh, it's got to be on it. Like, that's not my daughter. So, uh, moving on, I guess like as a young adolescent or like probably, probably started around 12, I would say, I don't know. I feel like it's hard to say an age to everything. Um, I really just like, wasn't happy at my mom's and I would get into a lot of arguments with my stepdad and I would get into a lot of arguments with my mom too. Like I just was, Oh God, I just was not very nice. And that's terrible. Like now I'm like, Oh my God, my mom is my best friend and I don't know what I'd do without her, but I did get into a lot of arguments with them. So, and of course, like my dad, you know, he got to be the fun house, um, since it was, you know, weekends only. And I didn't have any rules essentially. Like it's not like I was just allowed to go like, you know, do whatever I wanted to do. But, like, at the same time, like, I really got to choose what I wanted to do or what we did. Like, it was always a fun experience. Like, oh, do you want to go putt-putt? Or, oh, do you want to go to the mall? Or I need some new jeans or this or that. Like, so, um, for a long time, it was just, you know, my dad and I. Um, during, you know, most of my visits with him. So, I mean, there was – Valerie was there and then, you know – when he was with Jamie, Jamie was there and Jamie had a little girl, um, Madison, who is no longer little. (laughs) She's graduated since, um, it's been a long time ago, but you know, there were other people around, but like, it was fun. It was just, it was different than what I had here on my daily life routine. And when we moved to Mishawaka, um, and then eventually my dad moved back, back like near Indy after he was in Mishawaka and eventually he and Jamie split up, but you know, has since remarried and all of these things. So I, um, at this time, I think he probably would have been in Indy. Yes. That's probably around the time that he would have been back in Indy or getting close to that time. Um, so I remember around that time, like it was probably close to around the time when, after Caden was born, um, I just like started rebelling because I wanted to live with my dad. Like I, I thought, you know, that that was where the fun was and you know, that was what I wanted to do. So my mom, um, took me to a therapist at the bone center in Warsaw and I was probably, I probably started going when I was around 11 and, um, it wasn't like, like this was like, she and my stepdad had gone to like marriage counseling at some point, And this was who they had seen, which, I kind of feel like is not appropriate. I don't know if that's the word that I want to say, but like, I feel like that's almost like, Oh yeah, you saw us about this. So like, can you see her about this? Like maybe I would have meshed well with somebody else. And so I just, we just did not mesh well. I felt like she was always like trying to like undermine what I was asking, what I was telling her or, you know, really just like, I felt like trying to get like a level up, like, I kind of felt like she was like out to help my mom, not get my dad in trouble, but like just like not a neutral party. Does that make sense? So being in therapy as an adult is so much different than as a child. Um, It was really hard not to feel like I was dumb from her. And in fact, I remember the last session I had with her, she said to me, And I probably saw her, I don't know, like over the course of like three years maybe. And I don't even know that it was really regular. I don't remember it. I did try to get my records, but it's been over 10 years, so they've been destroyed. But in my last session with her, she said, she freaking said to me, I cannot believe this. um, If you don't stop this behavior, you will end up on drugs, pregnant, or in jail shortly around when you graduate. And I was like... Yeah, fuck her. Like, you're fucking dumb. Like, you do not say that to a teenager. You don't say that to anybody. Like, now, like, I understand if somebody is on drugs, you can say, you know, listen, like, it's jail or it's death at this point. Like, because I, this is not looking better. Like, but that's not a threat. Like, you don't tell somebody whose brain is still developing that. Like, are you dumb? Are you, oh my gosh. I don't know if maybe that worked with her other clients, but shout out to Terry. That shit did not work with me. Um, I never did. I just want, for the record, for the record, I did not end up on drugs. I have never smoked weed before in my life. Not that that's like a high five on the back or anything like that. But like, I just kind of used her statement as a like fuel, like, fuck you. That is not going to happen to me. And we are not going to do that. Um... And I've never been to jail and I was not pregnant around the time that I graduated high school. So, um, there's that. And believe it or not, like I said, you know, her saying that always stuck with me. Um, and I recently spoke to her on the phone about when I was looking for a therapist and she did not remember who I was at all. And that, that really fucking bothered me to be completely honest. Like you don't say that shit to somebody and then not remember who they are, like, To me, I feel like she should have been like, oh my gosh, yes, like, congratulations. Like, you've done so much with your life. Like, that is just so wonderful. Like, I understand people see a million patients over the course of their, you know, career. But you know what? If I don't remember your name, I do at least remember your face as a patient of mine. And I promise you that. Like, and there are people that I am in contact with that I had as a patient, and they make it known who they are to me. And, I love that. Like, I love seeing my patients after they deliver and, you know, for years to come. Because I just find so much joy in that, that, like, they feel the need to come back and share, you know, this part of their story with me or this part of their life with me. I just, I am very blessed to do what I do. And so, I was just like, are you freaking kidding me? Like, she said that to me and she has no idea who the hell I am. So, um, I clearly did not end up moving in with my dad since I continued to go to school at Manchester and school was always, you know, relatively easy for me. Uh, I feel like I really did not have to open a book much. I took advanced classes as many as I could to earn college credit because I knew that I wanted to go to college and I was a good student. So I was active. I did a bunch of stuff in school and I danced, um, here locally that I didn't do sports. Um, and I worked. So my first job was at Subway. <laughs> Gross. I remember coming home smelling like a freaking loaf of bread all the time. And then I worked at Tiki Hut Tanning and Portside Pizza. And then during my senior year, I did get a job um, at the Buckle. And my guidance counselor in high school didn't want me to go to the vocational school here um, that they offer. She um, she said, you know, your, your schedule is just going to be, you know, too busy with your honors diploma and all that stuff. So i always kind of wanted to go for cosmetology. I do like hair. Um, I have curly hair, for those of you that don't know me personally. So I always like how to do my own updos for dance or prom or any, you know, any type of activity or anything that needed hair done for. And my dad always said that that was a waste of brains anyway. So I graduated from high school in 2012, and uh, I moved to Indy to go to IUPUI. And that I was moving with my boyfriend at the time. So I am going to leave out names um, of relationships in case they're super relative. Um, Just because, I don't know, I guess protect their privacy. Like there's really (laughs) HIPAA. No, it's not HIPAA. But my point is there's no reason in me mentioning their names or anything like that. And then them having to pay for it in their current relationship. Cause that's not my goal. My goal is that this is just my outlet, my, this is part of my therapy right here. So, um, I really hated, I really hated going to IUPUI. So I also got my first experience like at real life. So I had to pay for an apartment and get good grades. Um, and my boyfriend didn't work for a while while he was trying to find a job. And that did cause a lot of strain on our relationship. So he, I would have been like 18 and he, I think it was maybe like 21 or 22. And I felt like he was just like enjoying his life and partying with his friends. Um, And I wasn't 21. So, you know, I couldn't go out with him. So I remember I would get home like from a shift at, you know, Logan's and I would be walking in the door and like, or like in the morning so the house would be the apartment would be like messy like beer cans and stuff like that and then I would go to bed and then it's like when I'd wake up I'd be walking over like bodies like I'm like what the hell like how many people are even in here like and they were friend his friends that had come you know from Wabash to visit and everything and there were multiple things that were obviously not wrong in that relationship but just just a, we're, I was young. I was young, I guess. Um young and dumb, right? That's what they say. Um so I you know, I'd be working, you know, trying to pay the bills and I waitressed. Um I met some really 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 great people um when I worked at Logans um in Indy and I'm still friends with a lot of them to this day on Facebook and I love seeing their life updates and seeing what they're up to and just kind of reliving those moments. Um, so shout out to all those people that I met at Logan's. I hope that you're all doing well, and I hope that you get as much out of life as you possibly can because you all deserve it. <laughs> so I um, hated school. I had to drive downtown to Indy um, to get to the campus. and. I remember like my first lecture hall had 350 people in it. So I walked in and it's like the size of an auditorium. And I was like, shell shocked, like what is going on? So coming from a class, a graduating class of 89 people, like that was a huge culture shock. So I originally went for biology because I wanted to become a neonatologist, or so I thought, but I felt like so dumb in these classes because so you would have a lecture hall, you would have a, um, what was it called? It was like a lab. And then there was also like a study group. So like it was a smaller group of those people that were in your lecture hall that like you were supposed to like digest and break everything down with. And like that kind of was just like a lot to me and I didn't really understand it. Now I feel like having gone through college, maybe I would do a little bit better, but like for me at first it was just overwhelming and it was too much. So I kind of like struggled because I got, I got bad grades the first semester and like now being diagnosed with ADHD years later, I mean, 10 years later, well, that's not true. It's been to a year and a half probably since I've been diagnosed, but I feel like, well, shit. Yeah, that was perfect. Cause like, I didn't have to open a book in high school. And then I struggled when I had to teach myself, like basically how to study. Cause I'm like, what on earth is happening? So, um, I was in Indy and I was unhappy and I broke things off with the guy that I moved with. And I remember we had gotten into an argument like he had, I don't know if he was at work or he had gone out and come back. And I remember I like threw his stuff down the stairway at our apartment in Indy and that was... That was our breakup, really, pretty much, yeah. Um, I put our address in here because I think that's so funny that I still remember. It, it was 5406 San Clemente Drive, Apartment D, good Lord. Um, so it was at like 2 a.m. and I just had it. So um, I was still in Indy and I continued to go to school and go home and see my you know family. Because I had a little brother at home, like little Sutton was like, he would have been just right around one, yeah. So he was little. Um, so fast forward to me meeting um, my next boyfriend and guys, like I was freaking nuts. Like I, I don't, I don't know. I guess I just was got a wild hair at my ass. I think that's what they say. So I moved my whole life across the state for this guy. I drove down to meet um him at like eleven o'clock after I got um cut at Logan's for the night. So we had died down and I was like, fuck it. I'm just gonna drive down there. Like I'm so crazy. Like it's such a good thing I don't have a little girl because I'm like fearful of what I would have to deal with. Um so like the complete opposite end of the state. Like Small little town, Petersburg, Indiana, like almost to Evansville. Like you're almost where the time changes. So I met him and things were great. Like I we got along really well. And so I remember like I finished the semester out at IUPUI and I was like, I'm done. I don't wanna do this anymore. I think I would like to raise my own kids, like because I was, you know, tossling, tossing around the idea, like if I become a neonatologist, like, am I even going to be able to raise my own kids? Like, and that was something that was kind of important to me. Or, you know, I was like, no, I can't, like, you can't, you're going to have to raise a nanny. And I don't want to do that. So, um, I was like, okay, well, I'll just like switch schools, which I was considering anyways, because obviously IUPU, I was so big and uncomfortable for me too big. So I, was going to switch schools. And so I moved down um, there in December of 2012. I had enrolled at Ivy Tech. And I worked at the local grocery store where his mom did too. Um, he had a really sweet family. And there were three brothers. And they were wild. And they, you know, may have been able to find trouble very easily. But they had hearts of gold. So... Um, I always wanted to move closer to home and he always, you know, said we would. And he had like a criminal background. So he, um, had violated his parole and, um, went back to prison about six months after we met. So I stayed down there with his family and finished out the semester, and then I made the decision to move back home because the drive was closer for visitation, which was every 14 days. So here I was, 19 years old, visiting a prison every two weeks, and I would be patted down, I would have my bag of my quarters in my hand for the visitation, you could take like, I don't know, $25 in quarters or something like that. and I had to lock my keys in a locker as soon as I walked in the door. So when I tell you I felt like a piece of meat walking into that visitation room, like for real, like USDA grade beef, grade A beef thing, like straight up. It was very, very, it was a meat market. That's how I feel. It was gross. Anyways, um, he got out, like, it was just, it was right before Christmas that year. So he, like, had gone in May and then got out right before Christmas. So I shit you not, I moved my whole life down there again. Things were good for a while. And then, um, he started down another bad path and I attempted to get him to move back to like my home with me. And when he wouldn't, I decided that I, you know, had given enough. So, um, I was kind of just, like, at the point in my life where, like, how does someone give and give and give and not get anything in return? Like, that was not fair to me. So, I made the decision to pick up and move back home. um And we, he did, like, propose when he had gotten home in December. And um, his grandma had passed away, like, sh- shortly... shortly before he got home or shortly after he got home, I don't remember, but I remember like I got to meet her and she was very sweet and her, his mom really, 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 really loved her grandma. And so yeah, it was actually his great grandma. Um, but that, you know, I, I felt, like their family. I still feel like their family. Like I still feel like I could go down there and I would be accepted as their daughter, not even having to date the son, but just they welcomed me with open arms. And I love that. Like I, family is very important to me. So that was very comforting to me. Um, so I, you know, I just had decided I was done, like I was done getting, and this is, I made it very clear, you know, about what I wanted from, um, the beginning and I wasn't getting that and I, I was done with it. So I made the decision to pick up and move back home and this would have been like 2014. Um, so I moved back in with my parents and I applied for the nursing programs around here and, um, went on about my life. And I had fun, and I was twenty one at the time, you know. So I went out to bars, and my friends, you know, had turned twenty one. So shout out to um, Amelia, Amelia. <laughs> um, always called her Emilio in school, but anyways, shout out to Amelia because we were pretty close at that time in our lives. So yeah, she was single. And I was single and we just kind of enjoyed life again, right? So, um, and I was single, like when I moved home, I was single for, you know, about a year and a half. Um, and I didn't date a whole lot, but I really, I just enjoyed being alone. I'm kind of a homebody anyways. So like, that was a good time for me to just be like, okay, reset. Like, this is what we're going to do. So, um, I, got into an LPN program in Wabash. And so my plan was to start in the fall of 2015. And so, um, in the summer of 2015, I met my most recent boyfriend, um, who were no longer together anymore. But, um, like I said, so when I moved back home, I spent a lot of time on myself and I honestly didn't date much. Um, nothing serious. Like I went on a few dates, um, you know, here and there, like to dinner, but I really, I spent a lot of time with my family and my mom because I miss them so much. And, you know, I still had young siblings at this time. So I'm trying to think Sutton was born in 2011. So he would have been four. And I don't know, life is just busy when you have that many younger siblings. So when I met my, uh, most current, Boyfriend, ex boyfriend, I guess that's how you say that. I'm not really sure. Um, we did instantly hit it off pretty much, and we moved in with each other within like six months and bought a house, um, the whole shebang. So I was going to nursing school and I was working as a bank teller, which was one of my most favorite jobs. Like, I loved it, and life was really great. Um, I finished school in 2016 and I accepted a job at a local nursing home here in town. And I always said that I would not um, work in a nursing home, but I also thought to myself, Savannah, like you're dumb. If you miss out on the opportunity, like to learn all of this stuff that you could. And I knew that I wanted to go back to school for my RM. So I knew that that would give me kind of a leg up. So that is where I am going to kind of pause the episode for now. Um, There will be a part two. I don't know exactly when I will do it. I don't know if I'm going to do some smaller episodes in between. Um, This one is a long one to listen to. So I apologize, but there's also a lot of information. There's also kind of a lot of information that I didn't go too deep on. Um, So if there's something that you're specifically wanting to know... You can leave questions or comments in the episode comments and, or you can message me on Facebook or whatever, and I can kind of do like a Q and a, um, but yeah, I didn't go super deep, just kind of went over like a timeline of my life and, um, I feel like that's good for now. Because there will be other situations that come up where I do kind of delve, you know, more into this is how this went or this is how this went. And that may get a little bit hairy sometimes, but that's fine. Uh, So, thank you guys for listening today or whenever you are listening to this. And just remember, it may be raw, but it's real and it's a loving shit show. And that makes it the icing on top. So for notifications about new episodes, be sure to like, subscribe, follow, or leave a review on the show or the episode. And you can now listen on Spotify, Amazon Music, Apple Podcasts, and that's it. Have a great day, guys. And I hope that you are able to see the icing on top.